Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. This is the Age of Sigma Stat Center where we look at the event results from the weekend and we talk about the armies and what that means for the metagame and how you might improve your game experience by understanding what's going on. I hope you enjoy the video. Let's get on. The first event and our biggest event of this week was over in Poland and it was being held in Łódź by Mateusz. So well done to him for organizing the event. We had two five O's at this event, which is quite exciting. And we're going to talk about them now. The first one was uh, run by Kuba, and he was running a Lumeth Realm Lords Geometricalist. Don't forget, you can ignore the first Pippa Rend coming out of this. And he was running Teclas, a Cathalar, and then the Light of Altharian. The Light of Altharian. He's a great duelist character, kind of like a Sigvald style character. And ever since Worlds has seen more and more play on the tabletop, thanks to obviously the inspiration of Rune and everyone in the Danish team. Uh, then there are two units of 10 Allurian Wardens, you know, it's combat like frontline infantry, five Dawn Riders, and then a Spirit of the Mountain, and then the Rune of Petrification and the Umbral Spell Portal. So this is just all about damage and it being very, very difficult to deal with those three major threats. Those three major threats obviously being uh, Teclis, um, the Light of Altharian, and the Spirit of the Mountain. So many options. Obviously, Teclas has got access to all of the spell law, so has got all of the all of the options to do um, all of the opportunity to. Sorry, chat. I'm just losing my mind there. All the opportunity to do all of the utility that Teclas uh, can use uh, and bring all of that to bear, which is which is pretty impressive. Now, uh, the event was being run on uh, this place is called Championship Hub App, so we haven't seen this before, so not 100% certain how to use the site. So apologies if it's not looking great. And our other 5-0 at this event, and the only one that we're going to cover, uh, was run by... Gzybek. Thank you. Uh, and he was running Slaves of Darkness, Ravagers. He, he, he had a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, who was obviously the general, and he was using the command trait Idolater. He had Hoarfrost on there as well, which makes a lot of sense in this army, especially when we see what units he got. Um, and then he's also got a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, uh, an Infernal Rapturous, and then Bellacore, and finally a Slave Starkness Demon Prince with a Trophy Rack to make units around him immune to Battleshot and Conqueror's Crown, so enemy units aren't going to count for towards objectives or enemy models, which I think is good. Uh, and then you've got 9 Unmade, 9 Spire Tyrants, 10 Splinter Fang, 20 Splinter Fang, 20 Splinter Fang, 20 Splinter Fang, making up 60 Splinter Fang in the 20s, and then two more 10s of Splinter Fang. Don't forget, this is an army where a unit dies, and then half that unit comes back to life from the Idolater Lord, which is pretty good. And then sticking Hoarfrost on these units is going to be very effective. And they're also crazy cheap. He spent 800 points on Splinter Fang, and I don't think he's losing out there. Uh, then there's Six Furies, which are great units for going and grabbing objectives, especially because they activate and move away. In the, so they activate in the combat phase, and then they get to make a move and move away to go grab an objective. And then the Cockatrice, because if he can make it so that he isn't taking as much damage in return, then the Cockatrice is going to make it so you only hit on sixes. So you've got a, a nice selection of like units that are going to be able to like drop the utility of the enemy army, and then just pure aggro output, which is great. Um, I hope everyone at the event had a really great time. Because they put soft scores into the pairing system over here, we don't know who went 4-1 and what else happened in the list on the side. Uh, so I'm sorry to the people whose list I won't be reading out. Um, but I hope you all had a wonderful time. And it's nice to see like such huge events happening in Poland and other places around the world. So we had a good time. Our next event is Death and Riches over in Australia. It was happening in Victoria. 
and it was organized by Nathan. You can see Nathan there. Shout out to Nathan for organizing a lovely little event. Uh, another thing uh, to note about this event is that it had this incredible sculpt. Podcast listeners, I'm sorry you can't see it, but what I am describing is an orc uh, shaman uh, <laughs> who is laser beaming someone with his eyes. And there are even some little booties on the ground where he's laser, laser beamed someone out of existence, which is super sweet. Anyway, uh, and it was held here at the Esplanada Leisure Recreation Centre in Victoria. So this event was run on Stats and Ladders. That's another website where you can go and uh, put your tournaments if you want to try and do that, which is cool. Um, uh, and it's in beta, but it's got a really nice UI, so user interface, which is fun. Uh, okay, so we have 48 players playing this event. We had two five O's, and no real surprise, the two names at the top, both excellent players, Joel Graham and Alexander Cron. Uh, Joel is... Honestly, I think made one of the like one of the strongest lists you can run in Age of Sigmar right now at the minute. He's running Seraphon. He's running Fangs of Sotek. Um, and again, shout out to Joel. Uh, a special thank you from me to from me to you. He wrote all of his kind of like uh, shorthand for what his units do on his um, on his list, so his opponents can know what his uh, list does. So not only uh, is he a champion and a great player, he's also helpful to his opponents. So. Uh, another great representative of the hobby, so thanks. Uh, so in his list, he had Fangs of Sotek. Uh, he's going to strategy with Spellcasting Savant, which is kind of important. Uh, and I think you'll see that taken a lot in this particular army. Uh, Lord Croak in the list as well for all the AoE Mortal Wound damage. Skink Starseer with uh, the 46 Mortal Wound spell, Merciless Blizzard. Um, he has taken an enhancement so that he knows two spells on his wizards. Then he's got Slan Star Master. And while he has taken the command trait, Lord of Celestial Resonance, which is just the best thing in the book. Like, it makes an already existing army almost twice as good. Like, it's just very, very good. Uh, so, like, there's no criticism and that's what people take. It makes sense. Now, normally, you see an artifact with a space folder staff. But actually, Joel has made quite an interesting list and he hasn't done that. Um, and so he's just taken a Pterodon Chief instead with the Arcane Tome, um, which I think generates him another Celestial Core Point as well. Uh, then he's got 10 Skinks, 5 Saurus Guard. Those 5 Saurus Guard are ablative wounds for all of his heroes, and then 5 Raptodon Chargers. Then he's thrown the Cron Spine Incarnate of Gur in his list, the Malevolent Maelstrom, and the Suffocating Gravetide. It's been pointed out to me in the chat by my good friend Rob, different Rob to me, better Rob than me, that... Uh, that we're going to see more and more incarnates and this might be something we see over the course of today because obviously there is the new realm spell for the ability to make your own incarnate go wild previously there were very few armies that were able to do this zinch probably the most famous one because their magister using destiny dice could make it so he didn't exist or he could blow himself up i was trying not to say that but youtube hates it when i say that um but that's what he would do and then uh, the incarnate would be wild, give themselves plus one to hit and run and charge. And unless that incarnate is in your own, within three inches of your own units, there's no real downside to having your incarnate go wild other than you lose the character to which he's bonded. Uh, but now that there's a spell to do it, you don't even have to lose your character. And when I say that it was in almost every Zinch list because you could do it, and it was also inside Cities of Sigma lists because you could also do that same thing as well, now that everyone can do it, you might see it happen more and more, and we might see a return of the Incarnate on the tabletop. And I think Joel really showcasing that is really important, so shout out to him. Uh, and then he also took the Malevolent Maelstrom and the spell. I did do an Endless Spell tier show list. I did say this is one of the best spells in there. And Suffocating Gravetide, again. The fact that he has an AoE Mortal Wound Damage spell from the Maelstrom and a Horde Clearing spell, and he's only had to spend 60 points 
is amazing. I think it's fair to say both those two spells could probably go up in points. Suffocating Grave Tide is quite good, maybe, to keep low, to keep the Horde meta maybe down. Uh, but Maelstrom is very strong, especially and double strong inside Seraphon because of all the AoE mortal wound damage. Great list. Now, Alexander Kron was running Disciples of, Z uh, Disciples of Zinch, and he's got a Guild of Summoners list, so obviously you can summon Lords of Change. He's got a Fluxmaster, Karos Fateweaver, Magister on Disc of Zinch, and then a Cursling in his list as well. The Magister on Disc of Zinch is bonded to, would you believe it, an Incarnate uh, in there. And then he's got Karakakalites, he's got three lots of ten of those, and then he has the Incarnate, he's got the Demonic Simulacrum, which is then the spell, and the Umbral Spell Portal. So the Umbral Spell Portal will be for his Fluxmaster. Fluxmaster has got an ability to generate a lot of fate points uh, when casting spells from the back of the board. He's really excellent, and the Spell Portal keeps him a little bit safer, um, and the Eternal Shroud is going to help him with that. Uh, Kairos Feetweaver. <laughs> Kairos Feetweaver. Um... It just it not becomes wild. It just says is wild, because not becomes wild. Okay. Um, uh, oh, yes, and also great a shout-out to Kron. Sorry, I should mention this. Uh, that Alexander Kron was the number one best-performing player in Oceania. So that'd be like New Zealand and Australia as well uh, last year. Uh, well, not last year, last GHB. So Kron's got some real uh, skills there. Uh, Magister on Discus Inch also has got Arcane uh, Sacrifice and, well, sorry, Arcane Sacrifice is a, a command trait, but Arcane Suggestion, which is easily the best spell probably in the whole book. So generating Fate Points, generating uh, Dice with Kairos, doing Mortal Wounds at 18 inches. Zinch is an 18-inch Mortal Wound Bunker army, pretty much. Uh, and then uh, the whole point of the Incarnate is to keep the enemy away from you as you summon more Lords of Change, um, which I think is... Uh, really great. Anyway, shout out to both those two players, both excellent players running excellent cool lists. Right, let's look at all of the four ones. And just like always, Australia is changing the game. So Dalton was running Uruk War Clans and somehow was able to stealthily hide his list, uh, but I fixed it. Um, he was running a big war list with an Uruk Weird Knob Shaman, an Uruk Mega Boss. And his Shaman, by the way, had the command trait Shaman of the Chill Lands. Uh, which is from the, the new Battle Plant, the new GHB. Uh, an Uruk Megaboss with the Artifact the Destroyer. Two War Chanters and then a Wurgog Prophet with the Glowing Tattoos and the Laura Primal Frost, Hoarfrost, and then Gobsprack. Gobsprack has made it into loads of lists recently. We saw it a few weeks ago uh, make it into a lot of lists. And it's just because you can add so many Primal Dies to his Unbind. And when he does do an Unbind on a 10+, the Wizard takes D6 Mortal Wounds. And that just means, like, casting against Gobsprack, you legitimately might lose lots of your small casters. Especially if you're already taking, like, a miscast or a primal miscast of D3 damage here and there. So, like, Gobsprack is just absolutely kind of, like, dominating the anti-magic meta. Then there are five R-Boys, five R-Boys, and five R-Boys. Ten more R-Boys, and these are all just going to be holding on to objectives. And ten Uruk Brutes, which, honestly, for 208 points, are genuinely fantastic. Really good into matchups, like things like Zombies, although I'm not sure that meta really exists in Australia. Especially because models with only one wound won't count for holding objectives when they're near them. And because they can just beat them up pretty well. Six Gore Grunters as well. Um, in the list, and then he's got Geminids of Ulgish and Malevolent Maelstrom. Again, two greatest endless spells. Great list, super fun, super cool to see. Ryan Chamley's running a Daughters of Cain list, and while he's not really like changing the shape of how 
uh, Dr. Kane uh, play. Dr. Kane is just such a solid list still. Calabron, you've got Melisite Ironscale, Marathi Kane, and the Shadow Queen. And then 10 Blood Sisters, which are the Fight Snakes, and then 15 Blood Stalkers, which are the Shooty Snakes. Okay, uh, the Melisite Ironscale, which is in this list as well, has also got the Ze Zealous Orator Command Trait, which means you've got a four up rally. Uh, on either the Blood Sisters or the Blood Stalkers, whenever you decide you want to do a rally, as long as they're in range. Uh, and then you've got nine Shadow Stalkers as a battle line, and then two units of Heart Renders. I think it's a fair conversation to say in this GHB that lots of the GHB is about scoring tactics, especially book battle tactics. And because the core battle tactics in the GHB are much tougher, armies which have easier access to battle tactics like Uruk War Clans have and also Daughters of Cain have mean that they're probably in a stronger position to win games because while they might not win the board state game although this Daughters of Cain list definitely will they definitely can win the battle tactics game where they'll score 10 points over the course of the game and that's quite good and don't forget in the latest battle scroll update Uruk War Clans basically got two free battle tactics so they just start with four points in the pocket which is good uh, michael clark was uruk war clans list again kind of uh, showcasing exactly what i was talking about he's got uh, a grinning blades uh, list in cruel boys he's got gobsprack a killer boss on great nash tooth uh, which is pretty amazing a merc knob with belcher banner a swamp boss gumdrek and then a swamp caller shaman potgrot and another swamp caller shaman he's got 20 gut rippers 10 gut rippers and then two units of 10 hobgrot slitters and then two units of six manuscript bolt boys and he's got the andorian acolyte so he can get the extra primal dice and then a double battle reg not being able to be seen outside of 12 inches is pretty impressive um in the grinning blades which i think is a kind of key way in which this army works and then being able to counter charge with some massive combat units like the killer boss and great nash oh, sorry like swamp call um scum boss uh, Swamp Boss Scumdrek, sorry, I'll get that right, uh, who's just a great counter-charge piece, as are 20 Gut Rippers. They will do an absolutely insane amount of damage when they get in, um, which is very good. And then those Bolt Boys will also be doing some pretty significant mortal wound damage in this list as well. Uh, double that up with being able to do things like Merciless Bizard from the Swamp Caller Shaman. And this army is just going to do a ton of mortal wounds. So shout out to Michael Clark. Uh, shout out Clarky, you superstar, what a cutie. Uh, then you got David Salava uh, running um, Uruk War Clans, Big War, and he's running, <laughs> he's running again all notes on his list, and he's named his unit. So not only a not only a not only a cool guy, uh, but uh, a good fair sport and a great player because he's obviously done really well. So anyway, he's got Gobsprack, he's got a Mega Boss and War Crusher, two War Chanters and a Wurgog Prophet with the same loadout that they always have because they want to do a ton of mortal wounds. And then he's got a Weird Knob Shaman, some Ard Boys and Brutes, as Battle Line, and then a unit of six and three Gore Grunters. Same thing. You just get loads of free points for playing Uruk War Clans at the minute. And so then all you got to do is try and win the rest of the battle, which is pretty nice. Yeah, and just great. Just wonderful, David is. Uh, so great now listen Kieran I never shout Kieran out enough and I'm going to take the opportunity now to correct my past mistakes when I'm reading lists from people all around the world it's hard to always remember the hundreds we have I think we had something like uh, three and a half to five thousand Age of Sigmar players in the stats last season I can't remember the exact number um, but it's something like that so it's a lot of people to try and remember but Kieran has done really well in like Oceana last GHB. He continuously plays Skaven, only plays Skaven, 
refuses to play anything but Skaven and always posts really great results with Skaven consistently. He's kind of the example of someone who sticks with an army and really understands it down to the very minutiae and he's able to work it really well. So shout out to Kieran for doing so well generally with Skaven and then this is just a great little list. So he's running Skaven. Obviously they don't have sub-factions because they their third edition book was a copy and paste of their second edition book. But he does have a Vermilor Warbringer and the Vermilor Warbringer is pretty interesting because because he has the ability to do triple death frenzy, uh, which is good. He can do death frenzy on three different units, which is very good. And he's also very, very fighty. So he's got these. Uh, he's got flaming weapon on his um, uh, war scroll. Well, not his war scroll. He's chosen it uh, on his list, and he's also taken levitate. So he's going to do even more damage, and he's going to fly. So that Vermilor Warbringer is going to be able to get into places you weren't really expecting him to get to, and he's going to do a ton of damage, and he's got the Command Trait Devious Adversary and Warpstone Charm, both of which also help him in combat as well. Then he's got Plague Priest, and then he's got three Graceers. Those Graceers are going to be able to add to their casting roll and also help you roll nine-inch charges, which is quite important we'll talk about in a minute. And then one of the Graceers is bonded to the Cronspine Incarnate. Um, which is also in this list. Again, it's back, ladies and gentlemen. We thought the Incarnate was gone, but the Incarnate is back. Unbonding your own Incarnate and sending it forth seems to be a thing. And then we've got this Warp Grinder. Warp Grinder lets you deep strike a unit. He's got three units of 20 clan rats, but kind of the big bruiser in this list, uh, making up your third threat in the list, is his 15 Plague Sensor Bearers, who will ruin things. Giving them Hoarfrost... Um, uh, to like buff up their attack profile is makes them even stronger and their death frenzy so even if you go into them and finally get to kill them whatever you've gone into them with is going to die as well so like just a great list um, and with three major threats in this list here the cron spine the plague sensor bearers uh, and the verminal warbringer but but also i guess really a fourth threat which we always have to be conscious of now there's always some wizard on a board, uh, one of these Graceers, that could potentially just do 4d6 mortal wounds and kill a Mega Boss or more Crusher. You know, the trading that you'll get um, from these Merciless Blizzard heroes over the course of the GHB is phenomenal. And they're just going to do loads. Shout out to Kieran. Uh, also, shout out to Nathan for running the event. Uh, there he is one last time. Uh, and shout out to everyone else uh, in Oz. I hope you had a great time. The next event that we are going to look at is the Northern Ireland AOS GT. Again, all the lists can be found on Stats and Ladders. And the event was being held at the Black Box 80, um, in Belfast. Do a little picture of it here for the YouTube thugs at home and everyone else. Uh, okay, our event was won by Solomon Morrow. Shout out to Solomon. Solomon's a very young player uh, playing over there, but has been training in... Uh, the salt mines are the Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland uh, AOS competitive scenes. Uh, absolutely dominating. Uh, King Solomon is what I call him. And he's been in like the national team now for three years? Maybe four years. I think three years at least. So excellent work on his part. And he's running Soul Black Grave Lords and is our only 5-0 this uh, event. He was running Legion and Knight and he had Manfred von Karstein and a Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. And then he has a Necromancer, and then two lots of 20 Zombies, two lots of 10 Direwolves, 20 Graveguard, and then Suffocating Gravetide, and Malevolent Maelstrom. That same pick again, as I talked about before. The Endorian Acolytes also seeing a lot of play. A lot of play. So that uh, Battle Regiment plus Andorian Acolytes to generate a lot of um, uh, Primal Dice. Hashtag Primal. Primal! Primal! Uh, <laughs> and then making sure they're dominating the primal magic phase. 
and then <laughs> getting off all the spells that they want to get off, um, which are really beneficial, really beneficial, obviously, to sort of like Grave Lords players, uh, especially things like Spirit Gale, um, because it just does two more wounds to everyone on the board, which is just really good. Other than that, uh, you have that same problem. I think uh, I think well, watching the Soul Black Grave Lords list do so well, it's quite clear that it's the recursion that they get from these smaller units are so good. And the Vampire on Zombie Dragon and the Hunger just means that if you don't kill a unit in a go, which is quite hard to do, then they're just going to keep coming for you, which is very, very tough. Well done to Solomon. Okay, looking at the four ones, we've got some great players and we've got some great lists. We've got Emmett McNichol with Skaven, David McCarthy with Sapple Zinch, David Kane with Soulbright Gravelords, Stephen Mitchell with Slaves to Darkness, Christopher Malberg with Soulbright Gravelords, Kenneth Chambers with Blades of Corn, and Richard Flood with Seraphon. Seraphon list being played by Richard Flood is uh, a good old um, Starborn Dracothian's Tale croak bomb spell with a bastillodon which is fun love seeing those in there as well and some hunters of haunchy which is a nice little ch change in there um which is cool our skaven list run by emmett mcnichol is really really unique actually and it's nice again to be talking about skaven so second time around hold on there's something wrong with this website where you can't okay I'll, that'll do um uh, Grayseer, Warlock Engineer, a, a Vermin Lord Deceiver with the Devious Adversary and the Shadow Magnet Trinket. Literally only artifacts that have ever been put on a unit in this uh, army. A Master Molder and a Plague Priest and then Slink Skittershank, um, who's a good kind of like, you could use him as an Alpha Strike kind of assassin, which is literally what he is, he's an assassin. It's quite a cool little unit actually, if you get the chance. Slink Skittershank. And then uh, Plague Sensor Bearers, but only a smaller unit this time, unit of five. Some Rat Ogres, which are very, very good, will do a lot of damage. Then a bunch of Clan Rats, and then two Warp Lightning Cannons in this list as well. Uh, so they've got like a variety of different options here. Specifically, they can keep shooting you at range with the Warp Lightning Cannons, threatening some of your big, heavily armoured pieces. And then they can just uh, throw in some Graces to do some uh, Mortal Wound damage with Merciless Blizzard, and then whenever they want to teleport over their big Vermin Lord to see if they can, double that up with Slink for some good... Uh, uh, combat. Uh, David McCarthy is running Disciples of Zinch. And again, this website doesn't want me to actually read the list for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and he's running Guild of Summoners uh, in his list. He's got an Ogroid Thermitage. He's got Kairos, a Fluxmaster, Tenzangor, um, two units of Karakakalites, and a unit of six Zangor Enlightened on um, on disc. So just, just Zinch. I don't know what to tell you at this point. It's just run some sort of fancy loadout and then just guild a summon as your bad boy up. Your battle tactics are so easy. Your grand strategy is incredibly easy as well. Master of Destiny. You effectively put 13 points on the board by just turning up with a Zinch army, which is pretty crazy. Uh, then all you got to do is battle it out for whatever the scenario um, is trying to let you get. Um, and you're in a really great place. So Zinch, I think, are going to continue to be good. It's got nothing to do with the units being too good. It's got everything to do with the army's way of scoring, specifically battle tactics being too easy. Uh, so, But shout out to David, obviously, for playing it. Lots of people run Zinch and don't go 4-1. So well done to you, you superstar. Dave Kane, superstar, big tall guy, great mustache. Oh, sorry, beard. He's got a nice beard, I think. Um, <laughs> he's running Legion of Blood, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. Um... White King of Skeletal Steed, Vampire Lord, and Necromancer. Then 60 Zombies, a bunch of Black Knights, 20 Graveguard. Uh, I'm also going to read Christopher Malberg's Soulbright Gravelords list as well. And I think it's fair to say at this point um, that Soulbright Gravelords are a problem army. And I know Rob in the chat doesn't want me to say it because he loves Soulbright Gravelords. And I respect people, but they are just for one 
like every four one category has had like two or three Soulblight Grave Lords for the this GHB, including it's just been loads, loads of Soulblight Grave Lords all the time. Anyway, Nefra, a Vampire Lord, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon with Doom Minions and the Cloak of Mist and Shadows. Then 20 Deadwalker Zombies, 10 Direwolves, 10 more Direwolves, uh, a Corpse Cart, 20 Grave Guards and some Fell Bats. It's just a problem army. I don't know how what the solution is. I don't think it's putting the points up on these units because they're already pretty expensive. Um, and I think like maybe you could have Zombies go up some points or something like that. Um, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. I feel like it's the healing that's the real problem in this army. It's just a bit too good, but that would require a rules change. Anyway, uh, other armies. We've got Stephen Mitchell running some absolute stonky, massive armies. Um, uh, he, and also, yeah, the book tactics are also really good for Soulblade Gravelords as well. So that's a, another problem. There's a disparity in the game. The game is not balanced super fair. Never has been balanced. Um, but... The imbalance comes in the way that people score. They don't score by playing the game. They score by army selection and battle tactics availability. So it's it's kind of a supply and demand issue, not necessarily like a uh, like an army strength issue. Uh, right, Save Starkness, Knight's Empty Throne, being run by Stephen Mitchell. Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, and then two units to six, Varangard, some Corvus Cabal, ten Chaos Knights uh, in the list. So obviously the kind of classic pin with the Chaos Knights, Charging with the Varangard with a Mark of Corn, do a ton of damage. Put Horfrost on one of those units of Varangard, feels very good. Uh, maybe even Horfrost on the Nogal Knights, to be honest, which would be pretty good. Give them run three, they've got a lot of attacks, so that'd be really fun as well. Uh, and then we've got Blades of Corn being run by Ken. Shout out to Ken. Running Reapers of Vengeance, Bloodmaster Scar, Blood Wrath, Slaughter Priest, Scarbrand, some Blood Reavers, some Flesh Hounds, Cause of Karnak, two Skull Cannons. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, at the back of the board as well so corn just doing what corn does good obviously into a, a magic meta when they get the opportunity to do so um, but it's all about just pivoting the whole army around scarbrand uh, going in and absolutely lifting units and using the uh, and then, i mean the bloodthirster and sense of rage will also uh, murder some stuff as well which i think is very very good uh then you've got uh I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. all of our four ones, which is good. I think one of the things I should talk about right now is local metas. I think that's a really good conversation to have. I think uh, events are always a really good benchmark of what an army's skill level, but also like uh, power level is like. But different metas have different like uh, people who a are really good with certain armies, so that kind of shapes and defines the matter. The availability of armies as well, because as we know, Cities of Sigmar will be coming out, and while we're pretty certain Fusiliers and units like that are going to be very, very effective in that book, uh, you know, Fusiliers and Cavaliers, it'll be a while until we see them hit the tabletops. It might even be up to six months. So people are still building and like and painting armies based on battle terms that came out at the beginning of the year. So that production meta is also changing, and that only changes in that local environment as well there aren't many places where 200 zombies fully painted exist and so that really defines whether or not you're going to play against it or aren't going to play against it um similar like we saw with the splinter fang lists for slaves of darkness they're quite rare you know there's there's probably only a couple of those examples of those armies actually existing in a single place in the world like i know there's one in norway i know there's one over in the united states but like they're quite far apart and there are loads of other events that happen so it's always worth thinking about local metas the production meta and the interpreting these event results based on that information it's always worth thinking about our next event is the leeds gt the aos uh, leeds gt 
Uh, 33 players were playing at this event in England. In England. The event was won by Mike Stewart. Uh, Mike, uh, one of the uh, England national team's players, uh, was running Fangs of Sotek. And similar to what was happening in Australia, we have a Fangs of Sotek army. I'm going to quote my friend Proto Tabletop in the chat. He said he played against this list similar to similar to this list on Saturday. The Cronspine in this Seraphon list is the MVP in an army that doesn't need another MVP. So Seraphon Starborn list in Fangs of Sotek, Slan Starmaster with Lord Celestial Resonance, double CP, Croak, Starseer, Starseer, and then a source Astroth Banner Bearer, Ten Skinks, Ten Skinks, Five Source Guard, and then an incarnate with Maelstrom and Suffocating Gravetide uh, in this as well. Also some Andorian Acolytes, just to kind of Add in to get some extra spells. Um, same as we talked about when we talked about Joel's list. Incarnate's going to pin units in. You're going to take a billion mortal wound damage out of these units. Uh, they're then going to either use that summoning pool that they've generated to do more mortal wound damage or just summon uh, more, more stuff. It is truly the most perfect timeline where the Incarnate is back in Age of Sigmar and Seraphon are on top. If you have been listening to this show for a while, or even involved in Competitive Age of Sigmar, this is, quite simply, as it always was. This is like this feels like this is just how life is. <laughs> Seraphon winning, Mike Stewart winning, and <laughs> uh, so shout out, shout out to Mike for just pushing pushing out an absolute monster list. We've got some absolute legends, though, in the foreigner draw category. And by legends, one person. Peter Twig, let's go, of the of the Yorkshire Fisters. Uh, and he was running Blaze of Corn, Reapers of Vengeance. You may have seen uh, an interview with him recently, I did. Or you may have seen uh, a video I put up of his game where he played our first ever GHB game here at the arena. Anyway, so he's running a corn uh, in his anti-magic dog walk to Leeds Boogaloo list. <laughs> and his sub-faction, his sub-faction is... Reapers of Vengeance. He's got Scarbrand, uh, a Bloodmaster, and another Bloodmaster. And the secret source here is the Unfettered Fury and Scarbrand, who basically just walk around together, beating stuff up uh, with the Bloodthirst of Unfettered Fury using uh, the Artifact of Power Argath, which uh, units within three inches get no ward saves. And then Scarbrand just comes in and does the whole thing. They're one, two, three, four, five units of Flesh Hounds, a screens, pinning units, and also stopping magic. And then finally, Two units of three mighty skull crushers. As we know, Corn is actually a uh, a movement control army, not an actual damage dealing army. And Peter uses those really well. Uh, uses a blood tie table to be able to pin units in. And then finally, a unit of hex gorgeous skulls. Uh, well, sorry, the in endless invocation of hex gorgeous skulls and a wrath axe. Shut down enemy wizards and then the wrath axe to do a ton of mortal wounds. Shout out to Peter. Uh, looking at the rest of the four ones, or, like or that we've got Matt Goldsborough, who lost in the final to Mike Stewart with literally almost a mirror list. Fangs of Sotek with an incarnate battling it out against each other on the top table would have been a sight to see. Love mirror matches, they're super fun. Andy Hughes with an Agash Legion of the Night, Soulblight Gravelords list. Alex Tubb uh, with an OCR Bone Reapers list in Nor Myriad. Catacross, Six in Mortis Guard, some dudes. Mike Chatterton with a big wire. I want to shout Mike out. He writes a load of articles for. Goonhammer, um, you can go check them out. Uh, and he was running a list similar to the one we saw happening over in Australia, uh, but I'll talk about it as well. He did have a little cheeky breaker boss on My Brute Trogoth, which I do love. Gobsprack, we talked about that already this uh, today and how effective he is in the game at the moment. Two War Chanters, Weird Knob Shaman, 
uh, and then a Wurgog Prophet. Then two units of five Arboys, 15 Arboys, great for holding objectives, especially uh, near the uh, War Chanters, a four rally, and then 10 Brutes. And I talked about this earlier as well, but I think Brutes are really good in this matter at the minute. Um, and then 10 Gore Grunters and the Malevolent Maelstrom in his list as well. So, um, uh, and while not super different, what we saw happening in Australia, still super cool to see Big War out there. And again, that's got to come down to the fact that battle tactics is just so easy. You're you're almost you're almost starting with 13 points in many ways, uh, and then you've just got to play on the primary. And I tell you what, if there's one thing Orcs love to do, it's fight over the primary. So shout out to them. Shout out to everyone at the event. I hope they had a great time. I wish someone had recorded that game between Mike uh, Mike and Matt. Uh, that mirror match on the top table sounds hilarious. And I hope you had a great time. Our last event uh, was over in Sweden. We had the GTG to Daggers AOS tuning event. And it was won by Michael Magnuson with his Corn the Flayed list. He had a Blood Secretor, Bloodthirst and Effect Fury, Rungor Richard, Slaughter Priest, 10 Blood Warriors, 8 Cores of Karnak, 5 Flesh Hounds, some Skull Reapers, a unit of 10, and 6 Mighty Skull Crushers, 9 Untamed Beasts. The Mighty Skull Crushers is definitely going to pin units in using Blood Tithe. Skull Reapers was one of the big damage dealers in the army. And the Blood Warriors, similarly, uh, going to be really good at holding units in combat uh, particularly well. Slaughter Priest um, and the Rungor Rich List for buffing those units up. Um, and then the Blood of Infected Fury so that you've got no wards in your army. That is it for the Stat Center today. Well, the game has changed. I don't know what to tell you. Seraphon finally hitting those tables, as I predicted. But Soulblight Gravelord still, wow. And please remember that this is just one weekend's events. You're going to say things like, where are Lumineth? And I'm like, it's just been a, it's been like three weeks since the GHB came out. Calm down. Uh, but some armies are out there. And a lot of people like playing with their new books as well. Their new toys, their new miniatures, their new armies. So Soulblight Gravelords are in the mix. The Incarnate coming back is not what I was expecting at all. That is like the worst bad guy making a return. And... I'm not here for it, if I'm honest. <laughs> I hate the Incarnate. I think it's lame. I think it's lame, non-narrative, piece of scenery that they gave some absolutely offensively broken rules to. Uh, there was one point when the Incarnate was in something like 80% of like 5-0 lists that happened uh, in one of the GHBs. So um, it would be fun to see it just go away again, my personal opinion. Um, but other than that, you know, Seraphon hitting those tables. We've got Corn out there all day playing, having a great time. I think Corn's still so good. Um, like, you know, there's lots of armies missing, but there's only been four events this weekend. We only had uh we only had uh we only had 133 players this weekend. So and we've had five hundred players um, over the course of this GHB so far. So we really don't need to stress too much right now. Some of the stuff seems really strong, definitely. Um, but some of the stuff like might pan out depending on the missions, depending on some other stuff. Uh, so we'll let we'll see how it goes, which is fun. And don't forget the production matter is also a thing. I hope you enjoyed the video. I love doing these shows every Monday. Do join us every Monday, me in the Twitch chat where we talk about stuff if you want to hang out, uh, which is super fun. <laughs> and uh, I'm live all week on Twitch if you want to hang out and do that. But the best way to support the show is join us on Patreon or like and subscribe this video, leave a comment. That helps us more than you can imagine. Um, thank you very much for tuning in and saying hi. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please stay hydrated. And if you have enjoyed the video, thank you very much.